the teams you care about. Mac Jones is good. That's not the question. The question is, is he good enough to win repeatedly in this loaded AFC? The stories that matter to you. If I'm Xander Bogarts, I need three things in order to get over that insulting contract offer. This is your home for New England sports. Jason Tatum, superstar. Book it. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show on a Wednesday right here on WDEV-AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show again today. We're up until 6.07, and then the Red Sox look to salvage the series with the Blue Jays after that tough loss last night. Tom Karen and I broke it down in full earlier this morning. We talked that interview is already available on the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and WDEVradio.com. We will play you back some of the clips here as we lead up until that pregame show at 6.07. You're going to want to get in on the Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury text line. That's 802-585-3026. Your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. Facebook Live, YouTube Live, my Twitter account. We will take your comments anywhere today. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. And the opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show are brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. They are Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. That game last night, Red Sox lose to the Blue Jays 6-5, walk-off single off Hansel Robles. That game last night was the most uncomfortable loss of the Red Sox season. That is the word that I heard attached to that game last night, and that is the right word for it. It was uncomfortable. The most uncomfortable loss of the season. It wasn't necessarily the worst loss. It wasn't necessarily the most crushing loss. It wasn't necessarily the most embarrassing loss, but it was the most uncomfortable loss. The Red Sox would have been better served yesterday losing 8 to nothing than losing like they did last night because by last night blowing a lead in the ninth inning and losing 6-5 and not getting it out even in the ninth inning, whether unvaccinated closer Tanner Houck sits at home and watches from the couch, that game, that loss, and that manner – led to all the questions and all the rhetoric that Alex Cora and company have been trying to avoid. Is something like this going to change your frustration on the vaccination thing? No. Having to manage a game totally different? No. At, at, the, at the least, you know, the, the status, you know, the status of, of help is what it is. But is, is that a situation where you felt his absence? Is that safe to say? I mean, we go with the 26 that are here, and we try to get 27 outs, and we didn't do it. Cora says that last night doesn't change how he feels about the vaccination conversation. And maybe it very well doesn't. But last night created an uncomfortable situation for everyone that didn't have to happen. Because guys are going to be asked about Hauk. Cora will be asked about Hauk. Bloom will be asked about Hauk. Hauk is going to be asked about Hauk. And a team that has nothing but good vibes for the last month and a half now has this situation on their hands once again. And that is an annoyance that this team does not need at this part of the season. The Red Sox would have been better served losing 8 to nothing last night 
in losing in the manner they did. Because the Tanner Houck thing, the Jaron Duran thing, and yesterday it was the Houck thing, but it's both of them, the Chris Sale thing, the Cutter Crawford thing, the vaccine thing is something that you don't want to have matter. You don't want to have mean something. And last night, it meant something. And that right there is a problem that the Red Sox wish they didn't have and they wish they didn't have to deal with. I am asking all of you today, 802-585-3026, how do you feel today? Red Sox fans, how do you feel today about all this? Did anything that happened last night change your mind in any way about anything? If you had been someone giving Duran and Hauk a free pass, did last night change your mind? If you are someone that has been a Hauk supporter, do you now want him shipped out of town? Did anything that happened last night change your opinion? I want to know, 802-585-3026. I will speak to you from my perspective while I wait for the text to come in. For me, what happened last night begrudgingly does not change my opinion. I told you this a few weeks ago. I wish Duran and Hauk would be vaccinated. I'm surprised they're not vaccinated. But I am not judging them for not being vaccinated. Last night didn't change that because at the end of the day, it's still a series in June. You're still in a playoff position. You still have a zillion games left against the American League East, as do the Blue Jays, so you have chances to make up ground. They have chances to falter. They needed this series more than you, so last night did not change that opinion. Begrudgingly, okay? Begrudgingly, I continue to say I'm not judging Hauk and and, uh, and Duran. But I will say that what last night did do for me is it does now give me major reservations about what happens later in the season. As the season draws to a close, I think that somebody has to get in the ear of Hauk, has to get in the ear of Duran, of Crawford, of Sale. Someone has to get in their ear and try to convince them. And maybe that's a private doctor. Maybe that's a teammate. Maybe that is a family member. Someone, I think, has to try to reach these guys because the Red Sox season ultimately could go down the tubes because of this issue. Somebody, I think, has to get to these guys. Somebody has to get through to them. Right now, June 28th, I don't think last night was as big a deal as people in a vacuum are making it out to be. But this issue... When it rears its head again, either at the end of the regular season in September when the Red Sox go to Toronto or potentially in the playoffs, then it will be a huge deal. I believe somebody has got to get to these guys, and Tom Karen and I spoke about that earlier today. There is nothing the Red Sox can do. Major League Baseball Player Association collectively bargained this, cannot ask or demand or even suggest that a player get vaccinated against his wishes and his will. What you would assume is there's got to be some guys in that clubhouse who aren't happy that they didn't have their best players available last night. I, it may be internal pressure to some of these guys, but look around you. Look, look at the people you work with. Look at the people you know. Not everybody's on board with this, and I'm sure it's the same with the clubhouse. 
I'm not changing my stance on this as far as this series goes. But again, last night was a crystallization of how big an issue this might be in the future. End of the season, that matchup in Toronto could be huge. Do you want to be without these four players? Could see them in the playoffs, potentially in Toronto. Do you want to do this without these four players? Now, Alex Cora just now, I'm just reading on Twitter, apparently said he's willing to bet that the vaccine will not be an issue later in the season. How is it going to become not an issue? I don't know. I'm happy to hear that, but I don't know. Yesterday, to me, I don't think is the issue that everybody is making it out to be. But it will be an issue later in the year if it potentially derails your season. I mean, I ask how you feel because the, the it's all over the place on social media. Lou Merloni is already saying who says no to trades involving Hauk, you know, can you ship out Hauk for this guy? I got Dan Shaughnessy who says yesterday that was the most richly deserved loss ever. The anti-vax closer is back enjoying personal freedom while the Red Sox blow a 5-4 lead in the ninth and everybody is evidently okay with Tanner Hauk quitting on the team. Everybody is okay with Hauk quitting on the team. That's an interesting way of putting it. I didn't say I was okay with it. I just said I wasn't judging it. But to say that everyone feels like I do and is kind of a little bit more reserved about it, I, I don't think that's fair either. I asked Tom Karen about what he thought about specifically that Dan Shaughnessy comment, and here's what he said. If you go look at the reactions and the responses to uh, the, the things I posted on Twitter, there were a lot of really angry Red Sox fans that, that they lost that game because of, of one guy's choice. Now listen. At the end of the day, it is his choice. Like the rest of the country, he has the right to decide uh, whether or not he's getting vaccinated. That's, that's uh, our liberties. But there's a difference between your personal liberties as seen by the government and what you're willing to do to help the team. So, I, I, again, I am being more lenient on how Durant. I don't think everybody is. Dan Shaughnessy saying everybody's okay with it. Now, Tom Karen's telling you everyone's not okay with it. I believe that I am in the minority here. I believe that I am in the minority here. And a lot of things can be true all at the same time. Tanner Houck has his choice. We have to respect his choice. It's his personal choice. He does not have to get vaccinated. So that that's true. Yes, he has the right to not get vaccinated. Him not being vaccinated hurt the team yesterday. That is true also. Both those things can be true. I'm not judging him. I don't think last night is the killer of the season. I think the Blue Jays needed this series more than the Red Sox did. But what last night did for me was prove that at the end of the year, this is something that's going to need to be dealt with. You are going – I will not be able to sit here and say I'm not judging it in September. I'm telling you now in advance, three months from now, if they're not vaccinated – I will be judging them. Right now, I'm not. But for Dan Shaughnessy to say everybody's not, that's not true either. A bunch of people here. 802-585-3026. Phil, how can Hauk look at his teammates in the eye? We're going to get to that. Peter and Williston. In our estimation, this is on MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred for not moving the Blue Jays out of Canada because of the insane mandates, period. What other city are they prevented from playing in? Even harsh New York City lifted the Kyrie Irving ban finally. I, I'm i not going to go that far. Number one, the commissioner doesn't have the right to 
move out a team from a city, right? That the, the commissioner works for the owners. So the owners would have to approve it. And maybe the owners would approve it because they don't want their teams impacted. But it, at the end of the day, baseball is supposed to be for what? The fans. It's supposed to be. We know it's about money. We know it's a business. But the fans are supposed to benefit from the sport. And having the Blue Jays not playing Canada for two and a half of three years is not benefiting the fans. So I have no problem with the Blue Jays playing in Canada. I am not a politician. I am not a government studier. If it's an ins- look, I don't like the mandate. Fine, but that doesn't mean that you know I don't have the power to change it. You play by the rules that are in front of you. The NBA did it. Guys couldn't play against Toronto. The NHL did it. Couldn't play against Vancouver or Calgary or Winnipeg or Montreal or Toronto, whatever. So other sports have dealt with this, and they have found a way to deal with it. So baseball's got to deal with this too. I, I I'm sorry. That I'm not going to go as far as saying. We don't have to like the rule, but the rule is the rule. And I want the Blue Jays fans to be able to see their team. They didn't see him in 2020. They were stuck in Buffalo. They didn't see him last year, most of the year, because they were playing between Dunedin and Buffalo. And now I'm glad they get to see their team. Dan from Waterbury. Listen, everyone's going to point at Hauk. Say this falls on his shoulders. But the bottom line is he wasn't there. Cora knew he wouldn't be there, so we had to get creative. However, asking Tyler Danish to get a nine-out save and then bringing in Robles was not smart. Danish gets hit hard, and Cora's hesitancy to bring in a high-leverage lefty against the right-handed heavy lineup of Toronto, as well as the fact to use everyone else too early, is what lost the game. Bottom line, one loss won't kill them, but this one is on Cora. That's an interesting perspective because Cora gets universally praised always for how he handles a pitching staff. First off, and it's a minor correction So to Dan. He didn't ask Danish to get a nine-out save. He asked Danish to get six outs, right? Schreiber pitched the seventh. So Waka goes the fifth. Brazier goes the sixth. Schreiber goes the seventh after they've tied the game at four, right, on the ref Snyder homer. Then Danish gets the eighth. And then Danish starts the ninth. That I I believe I'm remembering that correctly. And then they go to Robles. So if you want to say that they went to Schreiber too early, then you can say that. That's fine if, if you want to. Um, I think Robles should be able to get three outs. Now, so like I think Robles could have started the ninth and had a chance at it. Maybe they bring in Strom. But again, I wouldn't have brought in Strom against all those righties either. So um, Dan says, my bad on the Danish stat. Cora is a great manager, just a bad game. All right. The question from Phil, how can Hauk look at his teammates? How do you think Hauk feels today? How do you think Tanner Hauk feels today? I'm going to answer that. That's next on DDP. So reach out now at 802-585-3027. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. I want to answer the question. We got, we got it multiple times in the commercial break. Phil in Middlesex, Scott in Hinesburg all want to know how Hauk looks at his teammates today. So I ask you this question also on the text line, 802-585-3026. If you're ta- how do you think 
that Tanner Houck feels today. That's one. And two, how do you think his teammates feel today? How do you think Houck feels? Not how would you feel if you were Houck, but how do you think Houck feels today? And how do you think his teammates feel today? I'm going to start with Houck because that's the one we're getting asked about most here. I think that Tanner Houck is upset that this happened this way because now the spotlight goes back on him. I don't think that Tanner Houck feels guilty. I don't think that Tanner Houck feels like he let the team down. I really don't think he thinks that. And I don't necessarily think that that makes him selfish, but I don't think he feels guilty. I don't think he feels like the bad guy here. I think I don't think he regrets not getting vaccinated. I think that Tanner Houck today feels upset because he is now inconvenienced. That's what I think Tanner Houck feels today. I think he feels inconvenienced, and therefore that is making him annoyed and upset. That's honestly how I think that Houck feels today. If they had gone and swept this series and won every game 10-2, to and this was never an issue, Houck would have been thrilled. If they had gone and lost every game 10-2, to and this was never an issue, he wouldn't have been thrilled they got swept, but he would have been happy that the spotlight wasn't on him. I mean, now Houck has the spotlight on him, and I don't think he wants it. I think he's disappointed that he has put the target on his back. Generally, this is just in my experience, maybe you've felt something different, but in my life, there are people I know who are not vaccinated, okay? We all know somebody, right? I know people in my life who are not vaccinated. Generally, the people who have not gotten vaccinated do not like to be inundated with talking about the vaccine. And that is what Tanner Houck is now going to be inundated with. It's not going to be about baseball for a couple of days. It's going to be about COVID. It's going to be about the shots. It's going to be about what happens in September, what happens in the playoffs, why won't you get it, what would cause you to change your mind, who advised you not to, why do you believe what you believe. Tanner Houck today, I believe, feels inconvenienced. I do not believe that he feels guilty. I do not believe that he feels regretful. I think he feels annoyed because this story is now in the spotlight again, and it's something he would rather not be in the spotlight. Um, text on the text line. I'm sure Hauk feels like he's forced into a corner. I, I don't think he feels that way right now. I don't think he feels that way right now. If he felt forced into a corner, he would have gotten vaccinated in spring training, before the first Toronto trip, before this trip. I don't believe he feels forced into a corner. He may feel forced into a corner come September of the playoffs. If we get to the middle of August or the first week of September and the Blue Jays and Red Sox are separated by one game, that's where he'll feel forced into a corner. But if we get there and the Red Sox are up or down eight games on Toronto, I don't think he's going to feel that way. So he'll feel forced into a corner if the standings dictate it. That's what I think. So I don't think he feels forced into a corner. Um, let's see. And how would I – Here, here is the thing that continues to kind of flummox me about this. I think – that Hauk should feel nervous right now. 
I think he feels, like I just told you, I think he feels annoyed. But I think that Hauk should feel nervous right now about his future role. If I were Hauk, I'd be feeling nervous. It's exactly what I told you last week would be my fear. Tanner Hauk could have come to this series, right? Shut down two games. Solidified his spot at the back end of the bullpen. And and the quest, all questions would have been answered. But now he doesn't come, and now we have more questions. And that, to me, would have me feel unsettled if I were Tanner Houck, okay? Because Alex Cora said today, Garrett Whitlock, when he comes back, he very well may go to the bullpen. If, if, if Garrett Whitlock comes back and goes to the bullpen, how do you know that he's not the guy inserted at the end of the games and that he doesn't become the primary closer? Everybody loves Whitlock in high-leverage roles. Everybody loves Whitlock at the end of the game. If Tanner Howe could come here and pitched against this lineup and gotten a save or two, then Tanner Howe could have solidified that role. But now we've got this tug-of-war going on between Hauk and Whitlock, who's coming back. Tanner Houck not being vaccinated, well, hey, well, I can support his choice. Tanner Houck not being vaccinated cost him his starting rotation spot to Garrett Whitlock earlier in the year. And now, if they want to put Whitlock back in the pen, it very well may cost Tanner Houck his closer spot, too. So I'd be feeling nervous about my future role if I was Tanner Houck. I had a chance to come here against a great lineup, against a division rival in high-pressure situations. I had a chance to solidify my spot at the back end of the bullpen, and now it's all up in the air again. Whitlock's going to come back, and he might get that spot. So that's how I would be feeling. Um, Charlie says, no guarantee they would win with these guys on any given night, so who really knows? So uh, Peter says, I guess it all boils down to whether or not Bloom and Cora want to trade Hauk to a National League team that won't play at Toronto. I, I wouldn't trade Hauk. I said that yesterday. I would not trade Hauk. I have to imagine, and again, I'm no governmentician here. I got to imagine this rule ends at some point by next season, right? It would have to. So if I got Tanner Hauk for five years of team control and this is only an issue for one, well, then great. Or if Tanner Hauk gets vaccinated to be able to account for the playoffs, then he'd be good for next year and it won't be an issue. Cora says, I'd be willing to bet that things look different at the end of the year. Okay. He's saying that. I mean, he's got obviously better intel than I do. And then finally, how do you think Tanner Houck's teammates feel today? How do you think they feel today? 802-585-3026. I'll say this. I think this is going to disappoint a lot of you. But I think that Tanner Houck's teammates are largely okay today. Maybe you think they shouldn't be. Maybe you think you wouldn't be. But I have to think that Tanner Houck's teammates are largely okay today. Players are very good at staying out of other players' personal business because they don't want players in their own personal business. Players don't talk publicly about guys' families. Players don't talk publicly about guys' money. When a guy holds out, you don't really hear anything from his teammates criticizing him, right? It takes a whole lot for a teammate to criticize someone who's holding out. So when it comes to someone's dollars, hey, guy who's holding out hurting the team. You never hear about it. Players stay out of other players' money. 
Guy goes on paternity leave for three days when the team, when they could use him only being gone for one. You never hear a guy talk about that either, right? Derek White of the Celtics leaves the Eastern Conference Finals to go on paternity leave. His teammates all publicly supported him. You're not going to, guys don't talk about guys' families. Guys don't talk about guys' money. Guys stay out of guys' business for the most part. And this, I think, falls right in line with that. I do not think you're going to hear Red Sox fans or Red Sox players certainly not publicly complaining about this. And I think they're just going to look at how the same way they always have. They might look at it differently in September also. In fact, they probably would then. But for a series in June, the players just stick by the code. Don't talk about my money. Don't talk about my family. Don't talk about my health. And I won't talk about yours. And then, you know, let's also understand this, right? Athletes are full of cliches. They always have been. I think athletes look at this like next man up, right? Next man up. Hey, we got the guys in here. Somebody's got to step up. You saw it yesterday, right? Duran's out. Ref Snyder homers. The Red Sox showed yesterday that other guys can make plays and that other guys are capable of stepping up. So the line of next man up or the line of we got the guys in here, it, it's, it was proven true yesterday. It just wasn't tr- proven true at the back end of the bullpen. I think guys think they can just patch up holes. And in the course of one of 162, they're not wor- or three of 162, they're not really worried about missing one guy. So you all want the players to be furious at Hauk? I don't think they are. You take care of your house, and I'll take care of mine. That's kind of how players generally feel. Again, come the playoffs, they might feel differently. In fact, I think they would. But right now, I, I think these guys are largely okay with things and largely supporting them. I'll be very interested to talk about uh, all this with Buster Olney tomorrow of ESPN as well and kind of get his opinion on what I am saying today. Text comes in on the text line. We appreciate your breakdown of this issue because it crisscrosses the threshold of sports and politics. No easy dance. You've done a good job balancing the perspective. Well, thank you very much there to that texter. Real quick, I want to remind everybody that uh, our own Lee Cattell is going to be broadcasting live from Legendary Maple and Ice Cream in Williamstown. That's Saturday from 2 to 4. He'll be trying out some new flavors, including vegan and dairy-free options. That's WDEV and our own Lee Cattell at Legendary Maple and Ice Cream next to the Pump and Pantry in Williamstown Saturday from 2 to 4. So, again, tomorrow we're going to talk about a lot of this with Buster, see if he agrees with me on how players feel and how Hauk feels. That'll be tomorrow on the show. Get you the Red Sox lineups for this game three as they look to salvage the series. It's next on DEV. 6681. Red Sox baseball pregame show begins three minutes from now. Sox north of the border looking to salvage this series against Toronto, and they now trail Toronto in the standings. So you look at it now, the Red Sox are 42 and 33. The Jays, 42-32, and 32, a half game up on your Sox. Good pitching matchup tonight. Nick Pavetta, 8-5 with a 3-2-5 ERA. Alec Manoa, 9-2 with a 2-0-5. He's been nearly unhittable by right-handed hitters this year. He dominated the Red Sox earlier in the season. I think it was a game the Red Sox won, though, if I'm remembering correctly, but he dominated nonetheless. Rob Refsnyder, again, leading off, 368, two homers, nine ribbies. Rafael Devers is at third, hitting 332 with 17 home runs. 
J.D. Martinez is the DH. He's batting 318, and he's got eight homers and 32 RBI. Sander Bogarts is at shortstop at 328. Alex Verdugo in left. He's got 39 ribbies of his own. Christian Vasquez is the catcher. Franchi Cordero is at first. Yolmer Sanchez is at second, and Jackie Bradley Jr. is at, is in center. So what does that mean? It means no Trevor Story. So interesting decision here by Cora. A game you need to win. I know how good Manoa is against righties, but no story in this lineup is interesting there. Uh, for the Jays, George Springer leads off in center. 14 homers, 35 ribbies, 7 steals. Having a great year. Bo Bichette's at shortstop. Vlad Jr. is at the DH spot, hitting 271 with 18 home runs and 46 ribbies. The red-hot catcher, Alejandro Kirk, is in the cleanup spot. Lourdes Scoriel Jr. is in left. Rymel Tapia is up from the nine spot to the six spot today. He's in right field. Matt Chapman is at third. Santiago Espinal is at second. And Kevin Biggio, who started to heat up a bit, he is at first base. He bats ninth. He's hitting just 209. Red Sox baseball, 60 seconds from now. Sox, again, need a win. We got a good week planned, by the way, for the rest of the week. Tomorrow's a full show. Friday is a good length show as well. Red Sox taking on the Cubs on Friday afternoon. But tomorrow, a full 90 minutes. I can't wait to have you back for a full installment. Buster Olney will stop by. An interesting story on Aaron Judge we're going to talk about as well. How realistic is it for Aaron Judge to the Red Sox? We'll ask that of Buster, too. You can go download the interview with Tom Karen by subscribing to the Brady Farkas Show podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and always streaming at WDEVradio.com. That'll do it for us. We will see you tomorrow. Again, go download the podcast. Remember, you can watch our show live on Facebook Live and YouTube Live every single day. Pavetta against Manoa. Sox looking to salvage. We'll talk about it tomorrow, everybody. We'll see you about 24 hours from now on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV.